This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and win. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. This gentleman to my left does not need any introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. This is NFL Hall of Famer. Only man in the history of the NFL with 70 rushing touchdowns and 30 receiving touchdowns in the history of the league. This man right here. So this is the great Marshall Falk joining me here today. Thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. It's really, really a blessing. So I knew who you were before the rest of the world does. And when I tell you this story, I don't want to tell you off camera. You're going to know right away what I'm talking about. I went to college at University of the Pacific. <laughs> you know what I'm about to tell you? Yes. <laughs> so I made your school famous. Yeah, you, well, you, you became famous because of my school, actually, is how I, the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. So just so you all know, I knew who this man was before the whole world did, really, in football. I played baseball at University of the Pacific, and my sophomore year, they asked me to come play football because our corner got hurt. And luckily, I pulled a hamstring that week, so I sat on the sidelines and watched this guy enter the game. Let me tell you what happened. Okay, first off, he wasn't even the starting running back that day, right? You weren't even the starter. No, no. he's not the starter. This man ends up getting in the, in the game. It goes 37 rushes for 300. Make sure you get this right. 386 yards. Did you hear what I said? 37 rushes, 386 yards, seven touchdowns, and was responsible for 44 points in this football game. Yeah. Do you remember that game? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. my I God. I cannot forget it. And so at that point, I went, A, I'm not playing football because I don't relate to that at all, and B, I just watched one of the greatest football players of all time way back when. And that was really the beginning, kind of, wasn't it, for you? That was that was the start of everything. It was. That um, game was. Yeah. Yeah, that, that game was um, – it was like hello world for me. Yeah. Uh, and and it, people always ask me like, man, cause you and cause you envision yourself. You don't you don't have those kinds of dreams. You have yeah. dreams of being successful, but to that degree, yeah. It just it, it, it you can never fathom or or think in your head that that's going to happen. But I always tell people I was prepared for it though. What do you mean by I, that? I was prepared. The work that I put in. Um, making sure I, I knew I was the backup. And, mm -hmm. and as the backup, I got a, I got a senior playing in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, he was all conference. The chances of me playing, right. slim to none. Yeah. The week before, I got like two snaps. Is that right? <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, second week of the season, uh, he goes down and I'm, and I'm in the game. And coach looks at me and he's like, you just hold on to this football. <laughs> you think about all yeah. the film work that I put in, just, just yeah. wanting to make sure that if I do get in, yeah. I know what I'm doing, mm. I know what I'm supposed to do, then I'm not going to let the other 10 guys in the huddle down. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's the work that goes in. And, and the opportunity presented itself. I'm just glad I was prepared. You talk, you talk about taking advantage, because I think in every career that's true. I mean, yeah. what if you don't? Let's, if you think about it, what if you don't perform that day? What if you put a couple on the ground that day, right? I mean, we may... It's possible you never even see the football field again. It's possible. So it's true for all of you. Like, even starting out the interview, there's going to be times in your career and chasing your dream where there's going to be a moment. Oh, yeah. And those moments are few and far between. And when they arrive, you need to be prepared for them because that was the hello world. I mean, I'm telling you, I've, I've been to a lot of sporting events in my life. I've never seen an athlete dominate other athletes in my damn life like I did that day. And I knew after that point I better keep an eye on this guy. So before you get there, though, before you become an NFL Hall of Famer, and one of the, you know, arguably the best football player I've ever seen, right? And, and, and guys that I know that were in the league will tell me that often. The best football player I've ever seen is Marshall Falk. And so, but you go to San Diego State. Right. So were you not, were, I mean, you obviously had to be a great high school player, but how do you only end up at San Diego State? And I don't mean to put down San Diego State. It's no, a great no, no, school. No, no, no. But this isn't USC running back university, right. right? So how come you end up at San Diego State and not one of these big schools? Um, it, was, it was a combination of um, back then, they didn't label 
you were only labeled to a position. If you were a running back, you're a running back. If you play defensive back, you play defensive back. Okay. You play receiver, you play receiver. They didn't have this thing called the athlete. Mm. And in high school, I played quarterback, oh. receiver, tight end, uh, corner, safety. I kicked, I punted. Oh my I returned kicks, I returned punts. Oh my God. I kicked field goals. I held for the field goal kicker. Really? Did you really? I did everything. Wow. I did everything. And, and my, my football coach, uh, you were my high school football player. coach, exactly. Yeah. He built football players. Yeah. We were, we were, um, we were in a big school hmm. and, and, but we, but we were like, we were the smallest school in the biggest division. Okay. And, okay. and we didn't have a, like, I mean, I played, I played whole games in high school. Literally every snap on when, both sides. When I got on the field, yeah. I didn't come off until halftime. <laughs> I played offense, defense. Uh, I was on every special team. Oh, my gosh. I never left the field. Huh. Do you think that had something to do with the way you played in the NFL? Because you, oh, yeah. you, like, you were really kind of that new breed of, like, a complete football player at running back. You, you blocked well. You understood the blocking schemes. You were a great receiver, right? Obviously a great runner, too. Do you think that had something to do with a it? A lot to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I became the... Uh, the why we're why are we doing that? What yep. is that? Yep. I want to do that. Mm. And, and, and my coaches early in my career, my coaches they didn't like it. Okay. It, it was coaches don't like explaining why. Hey, mm. we're going to do this play. Hey, coach, why we're doing that? I watched the film. They do this, this, and this. Mm. They look at you like, yeah. You couldn't appreciate the fact that I was watching film on my own. You were, <laughs> you know, at you a were, young age. Did you really? I've been a young. Oh my, yes. You, yeah. You're always it, been a student of it. Just I, I, I love. I love football, hmm. and there's only one way to get better. Yeah. And everything that I did, I went home, I watched film, really? I watched practice. We, we watch practice, and I go home, I watch practice. You did? Yeah. And it, that's not – It's the only way to get better. Is that, and that's the only way to get better in anything, right? Yes. To do that. But is that a separator? I've, that's what I wanted to ask you. So you get to the, you get to the NFL – by the way, I remember Mike Mart saying literally their goal in football. It was almost like a basketball player like LeBron. You want to get him as many touches as yeah. you can. You're really one of the first football players I ever saw where the, the coordinator literally said, we need to get him X amount of touches a football game. And that's is that part of that's because of your preparation too? Um, it was uh, Mike felt if they tried to get me to as much, he could get me the ball as much as possible. Yes. And when they couldn't get it to me, if they showed me as a like I'm the primary yeah. and I attract Coverage. attention, yep. there's a lot of one-on-ones. Yep. Isaac Bruce is going to win. Yep. Tory Holt, they're yep. going to they're going to win yep. the majority of the battles of the one-on-one. Yep. As soon as they get me yep. to draw in the attention yep. to my position, it's a totally different way of using a running back in that time, right? It it's is. still not all that common. I mean, it's still not that common. Some, but you were certainly teams, the first. Some teams, Pittsburgh, they they do it with Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Uh, Buffalo, they do it with Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. Um, Dallas do it with Zeke. That's true. They, they, yeah. they, they get him involved in the passing game. Maybe not as much as lining up as a wide receiver as I did, yeah. but they get him involved. And it's here, here's the reason. In football, the minute you break a huddle, running back, running back, you think he wants to run the football. Right. If you run a swing route and they, and they throw you the ball, mm. The big 300-pounders that they have in the middle of the football right, field. Right, you, right. you just got me away from them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, and, and there's the advantage. Now, yeah. now you got a 180-pound, 190-pound cornerback who really doesn't like to tackle. Right, you don't want to tackle. you got to tackle me one-on-one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I get that. But you got that. See, I think you're one of the first players I saw, and I love football. Obviously, I don't know anything about it compared to you, but I would read that this man knew – what everyone on the offense's responsibilities were. 
you knew what the guards was, the tackles was, what route the receiver was running. And, like, and I think that helped you get in space too, didn't it? I mean, that, that's, they trusted you getting the football for those reasons. Understanding the game, mm. you know, and I, I just, I took it to, I took it to the quarterback level. I don't want to yeah. call it the, it's the quarterback level. Yeah. And, I, and this is what I tell people. Um, a lot of, you know, I, I watch, um, I have friends who work, work in Hollywood and, yeah. you know, we, we, let's say you get a script. Mm. What if you only know your line? Yeah. How are you going to know mm-hmm. when yeah. their line is done? Yeah. So you can, you have to learn the whole script. Yeah. Did so it, you understand the principles and what you're trying to accomplish. Do you think that that was the, that's a good point. Was that, I always wanted to know, when you get to an elite level, because a lot of people that watch this, whatever they're in, they're going to be in business and fitness and any sport, they're, they're at a pretty elite level. And then how do you separate? Because we were talking about before, you ran a 4 3 five, 40, that's, that's fast. But there are other guys in the league who yeah. ran four fours. Yeah. What's the separator? Is it preparation? Like, what's the separator at the elite, elite level in sports or business in your mind? What's the that little inch, that difference? Um, preparation, mental toughness, mm. and understanding that when you come into the game, your skill level is here mm. and your knowledge is here. Mm. If And they're going to intersect to mm. where, like, like you're – you're playing, and then they're going to pass each other, where your skill level goes down wow. and your knowledge of the game goes up. The faster you can raise your knowledge, the longer time you're going to have to be as good as you are physically and as smart as you can be mentally. Hmm. That's the elite. The elite players, they, they're up here a long time. Wow. The Kobe Bryant, Kobe was like, once he got it and understood the game, he was able to slow down. Uh, the yeah. deterioration of his body. I got you. Do you think that's <laughs> but yet happened? he continued to grow? Do you see that in a guy like Brady a little bit? Or? Oh, yeah. yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Like Tom is Tom is he, he's fighting Father Time. Yeah, you yeah. know that, that's why crazy diets, all these workouts, yeah. all the stuff that he does yeah. because he understands mentally. Yeah, this dude is maxed out. I mean, he yeah. is. He yeah. knows everything. Mm. You, you might be able to trick him once, right. but you're not going to trick him all game. Right. Right. He, it, right. And, and he understands the only thing that's keeping him back now is age. Age. So he's trying to slow it down. Yeah. And so his preparation is physical preparation, yes. diet preparation. It's that, that little separate. All that stuff. Any, anything to slow down the aging process of his mm. body so he can remain at that peak. That's crazy. And I watched that. I'm curious. It's a football question about that. I've just always wanted to know. You played with Peyton when he was young, yeah. right? And then you played with Kurt Warner. Uh-huh. I'm curious. What were the similar two great football players? You caught Peyton earlier in his career. But um, of those two guys, just out of curiosity, what was this? What are the similarities, and what was different about the two of them? Um, both of both of them, they have unbelievable leadership skills, mm. and they're committed to doing things the right way. What do you mean by leadership skills? Like specifically, um, like what's that look like? A little they, bit. They 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 know they know that each player requires a different um, type of encouragement. Huh. You don't treat everybody the same. No. Yeah, some dudes you can lay on and Peyton, get on. Peyton, Kurt, Peyton, like whether, whether it was Peyton or Kurt, mm. we'd have conversations, and they knew the conversation with me had to be intellectually about how we're going to pick up the blitz, mm. what we're going to do, these adjustments. Mm. He'd go to the tight end, and he'd say, so when I do this, where would you like to be? You know, wow. do you need me to let your motion go a little wider so you can hook the end? Or mm. it, So mm. it, it, it's, all about, it's all about encouraging people letting them know you understand what their job is yeah. and that you are out to help them do their job better. Got you. Yeah. Because let's let's be honest, the five guys that protect the quarterback, yeah. 
you only hear their name or number if they hold. Mess up. Mess up. Right, right. When they score a right, touchdown, right. they never say, number 71. <laughs> That's so true. And That's so that true. yellow flag come out holding, <laughs> 71. Right. So, right. So, so when you take them to dinner, you invite them to your house. Yeah. Peyton, Kurt, let's sit down and watch film with the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever do anything for hey, your offensive line? Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, dinners, bottom stuff. I you mean, did. yeah. You and, did. And, and here's the reality. When you when you do things for those guys, yeah. this is how I know when guys are taking care of their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Quarterback on his back, pick him up, pick him up. running yeah. back on his back, yeah. they're there to pick yeah. you up. Pick it up, yeah. Get, it, cleaning guys off. It is kind of telling. you clean. It is telling sometimes when you see that not happen. Is that, <laughs> that's what you do. When you see it not happen, you're like, wow, what's going on in that I, football? I, I told people this. I was like, I watched the Washington Redskins. I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't give Kirk Cousins the big deal. Yeah. And then they moved on. Offensive line never helped him up. You never mm-hmm. heard a teammate saying, we need to pay him, we need to keep him. Yeah. Something was wrong. Well, you just, you just knew it from being Something in there. Something was wrong. And, and, and I don't know Kurt personally. Yeah. But if I, if I did and I was in his circle, I'd tell him, you got to work on your leadership skills. And, and you got a fresh start this time, so yes. you better clean it up this time. you got to work yeah. on your leadership skills. That's awesome. What a, great, what a great insight. So I'm curious, a couple more football things. You played on great teams. This you've won Super Bowl, right? I was at that Super Bowl, by the way. I, I, you probably enjoyed it a little bit more than I did, but 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 you also were on teams that weren't great. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? Like you're in camp, you're like, we don't have it. Or do you, do, is every camp? Does everyone be like, we're going to win the damn Super Bowl this year? Or did you? Is there a point where you're on a good football? You knew you were the greatest show on turf compared to a team that won five games. Do you know, or is it? Or do you not know until the season reveals itself? Every every team at the start of the season. Um, they are playing their best players. Yeah. And you feel like you have a chance of winning every game. Hmm. The special teams, um, there's, there's just something different. Okay. When, when I, the start of the season on teams when we went 3-13 and 13 yeah. or 13-3, and three, it was the same. It is, okay. It was, it, was, it was the things that happened throughout the season. Hmm. Um, I hurt my knee, I go down, my backup comes in and scores three touchdowns. Mm. You know what? Thanks for being ready. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Warner goes down, the backup comes in. Yeah. Tr- uh, Trent Green throws a couple of touchdowns. We yeah. win a couple of games, Kurt don't play. Those are the kind of things. Little it's things. not as much the players that, the, the 22 guys that start, it's the guys behind them. Mm. Because every team you're going to have, you're yeah. going to have bumps in the roads. You're going to have roadblocks. There's going to be obstacles. Yes. Um, and you can't expect those 22 guys to solve every problem. That's interesting because I'm a Patriot fan, and every off season like this, I watch they lose these guys, you know, and I'm like, but it seems to me that they understand building that back end of their roster too, yeah. because that's going to be part of the football season. You're just going to have attrition during the football you, season, right? You have right? to. So I'm curious. Let's talk about the Super Bowl just real quick. Is that the highlight of your career? I'm, we're going to talk about the big highlight at the end here in the Hall of Fame, but I'm curious, what, what's that feel like after all that work? You'd been playing a while too, right? And what was that like? And then compare it for me to the one against New England. Um, I played uh, football, basketball, baseball, ran track, and had been a champion at everything other than football. I never won a championship in football. You're kidding me. So the, so the dream, the dream as a kid, we growing up, Always, me and my friends, we ended the day when it was time to go home. This play is for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you were on yeah. offense or defense, so it yeah. was all. Yeah. And I never got a chance to experience that. Not only did I get a chance to experience it, it came down to 
this play. One play. <laughs> it's it's what, one yard or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's there's no. I I, I could have retired. That Seriously. Was like, that was like that. I could have retired after wow. that game. I I didn't I didn't have. I really I had to refocus, set some new goals. Okay. Because I was playing for that. I didn't need to win multiple. It wasn't about uh, yeah. I want to win three or four and be the no no no. I have a childhood dream. Wow. I'm playing this game because I want to win a Super Bowl. Wow. I want that I want that dream to come through. It came through. That's amazing. And does that stick with you more? I'm curious. Like every day you're walking around, you're Marshall Falk, everybody knows you. You got your post football life now. Does that stick with you more? And I don't mean to rub it in, but I'm curious. Does that stick with you more than the loss? I'm a glass half full kind of guy. You are. So um, anytime football is a joy to me. Hmm. And uh, and at the many Patriot fans out there, yeah, yeah. they I, I, they think I hate the Patriots, <laughs> and, and they have no idea my relationship with Tom Brady, yeah. my relationship with Mr. Kraft, how I respect right. him. Just so you know, and yeah. I know you got a lot of Patriots fans. Right. I was the first player ever, ever, ever that Mr. Kraft sat down and talked to when he became the owner of the team. You're kidding? It me. was my draft year. They flew no, me in. I'm kidding. Um, Man, he and I, a great we had Patriot. A, we had a great, we had an awesome lunch. Yeah. Um, I mean, we went to dinner that night. Good. I met his family. Wow. Okay. Um, got to meet his, his his wife, who's an awesome woman. That's awesome. And um, and and he and I, we uh, we we've always there's just a respect. Sure. We talk about it. Sure. And he he says to me. If I wouldn't have let Bill make the decision, you would have been with the Patriots. <laughs> what an amazing damn you know, Patriot player. Bill just the way they wasn't running into, backs? Come on. Bill wasn't into, it, but it was yeah, Parcells at the time. Right, he wasn't it was into, Parcells. wasn't right. into drafting right. uh, running backs. Didn't right. like California players. Is that right? Um, yeah, that, he just. Right? I mean, if you just look at, he doesn't go those. He goes yeah, East Coast. offensive players. If gotcha. he, he'll draft defensive guy, but never really, you know, liked California players yeah. who played offense. But but anyways, that was that was my that is my relate actually. Just last spring, okay. I was one of the players, um, one of the Hall of Famers who went with Mr. Kraft to Israel. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, wow. I, I... That's important I, for everybody to know. I love and respect, That's but awesome. I have a duty on television. Vision. My job a, is I'm anti-patriot. Right. So <laughs> so I play my role. You play the role. It, there's a role. TV, yeah. there's a role. That's yeah. my job. I play that role. I poke holes in everything that they do. Yes. But... Understand that I respect everything that Mr. Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, what they've built. I mean, it's um, it's 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 the model now, and, right. and what you want to do, and and how you want things to happen. Wonderful. And about, segue that a little bit into the broadcasting. You're my favorite guy on TV. Oh, I'm not thanks, saying man. I'm not saying because you're here either. I'm saying that because, and I think of other analysts. This is true. I've watched the NFL Network, and they'll literally say they enjoy being in the green room with you off camera. Everybody, <laughs> just so you know, this is true, isn't it? The other guys at the network will say they've enjoyed it, and, and, and other places you broadcast and will continue to broadcast, but they'll say they enjoy being in the green. They love watching football with you because of your mind about the game. Other players say that. You know that. I, I, I say it. You wouldn't say it. And so is the same preparation for you now going to doing the broadcasting stuff as it did playing? And very, is that why you're so Very prepared? similar. Really? Very you similar. You still watch film even? Yep. You do? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. Wow. You, just, you love the just, football game. Yeah. It's just a part of, you know, if... If if, if 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 the NFL Network right now, if there's a game on, yeah. like oh they they show like classic games or whatever, yeah. I'm gonna watch that game. You do as if I hadn't seen it before. Whether you played in it or not. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, uh, it's all teaching moments, you know. Yeah. Like it, people don't understand. Like they they think okay, they just draw up plays and go play. Yeah. There's a whole strategy mm. before you play the game, and then once you start the game, there's adjustments. You have a plan. I have a plan. 
somebody's plan is not working. Mm. Yes, right. All right. right. Now, when your plan is not working, what are you going to do? Right. And then I have to decide, is that enough to get me out of my game plan? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you get me out of my game plan, do I show what I'm going to do versus this? Mm. Because I might have a divisional opponent next, next week. week. Wow. Wow. I mean, there's yeah. so much so that much goes into it. Yeah. That's why when you get to the playoffs yeah. and you don't know if you're going to play the next week, mm. you're all in. Everything's in then. Everything's so in So guys play. will actually not reveal things in particular oh, weeks yeah. because of who they're playing. That's yes. fascinating. What do you, I'm curious, and we're going to shift into business in a second, but I'm curious, what do you miss about playing? Because like just right now talking to you, Camera went on all of a sudden. We started talking about football. Like your face changed. Oh, Just yeah. so you know, like you're lit up. You're, I can feel your intensity, right? So, what do you miss most about it? The locker room. You do. The camaraderie. Guys say that a you, lot. You, the, yeah. you don't. I don't care what we do, mm. as a civilian. You, you don't. Yeah. It, when you don't. When you're not playing a team sport, mm. you can never get that feeling. At the country club. Yeah. We're not sitting around. Yeah. And our boxers <laughs> talking about like <laughs> we're not in the hot tub, right, we're not in the right. jacuzzi, yeah. in the steam room, piled all in, yeah. talking about this week's opponent. Which mm. we're just not. Mm. We're not doing that. Mm. We're not sharing stories of mm. of what happened last night, or yeah. or you, your kid took his first steps, and I'm oh, proud wow. you were as a father. Or wow. you, you're not. You're not. You don't have. Yeah. You don't have that intimate um, wow. setting to really uh, conjugate as men. We yes. don't have that. Women, they somehow get it. They, right, they find a we, way. We don't, we don't have that. That's it. It's the locker And you room. only get it in team sports. Wow. That is – and team business, too, by the way. Some of you are building team business. You get something similar to that. Uh, one last football question. What don't you miss? Is it how you feel Mondays? Or what do you not miss about playing football? Um, I've had guys tell me, Mondays, like, I rent, for a running back, I've been through, you know, 30 car accidents. Yeah, I didn't I, – I didn't, I didn't play that way. You know, I didn't mm. – I didn't – I never – was out to prove that I was more macho than anybody else. Mm. Uh, I just, I wanted to do my job. Mm. And if I got my job done mm. and I didn't have a headache, fine. Really? So, but um, what don't I miss? Yeah. Uh, you love it. Look at you. I'm just thinking, I mean, I mean, cause I, cause I probably, uh, you know, there's, there's the, the work uh, losing. <laughs> I'll be honest. Losing. I'm thinking about it yeah. because you put so much work into it. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it's not war, but blood, sweat, and tears yes. are out there. Yep. And uh, you know, when those 60 minutes are up and you lost. Yeah. Um, it's a bad, it's a miserable feeling. feeling. It's an awful feeling. Yeah. For for the great ones, it is. I think we both played with guys who didn't bother quite as much. Oh, yeah, and that's it would, true. It would Some guys were in it for the job. It yeah. was a job for them. Yeah, I'm fascinated by getting in the mind of a, a champion, of a Hall of Famer. And so the last football part, I mean, I'm literally, it's fascinating for me. Like, because you do this stuff reflexively. You, like, this is who you are. But not everybody's this way. Not every, you know, people need to learn these things. And oftentimes, now you're a member though of the greatest team, right? There's something really special oh, to becoming man. a Hall of Famer. What was that like, like the call and being a part of that group now for forever? I mean, yeah. down in history, someday your great-grandchildren are going to be part of that legacy that you're in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. So what's that feel like? It was, and it still is, surreal. Is um, I'm a football junkie. Yeah, you are. Uh, part of my story is uh, being from New Orleans, poor, mm. not being able to ever see a pro game, by mm. buying a ticket, mm. I paid, one, you know, at the age of 13, 14, 15, and 16, I would, I would hustle up to get five, 10 bucks, whatever it was, the price increased, 
you had to pay that to get your rack to sell your popcorn or your peanuts. That's how I got to watch games. Wow. So I'm a football junkie. Yeah. Respect the game, love the game. You do. Appreciate everything that was done um, by the guys who was before us, mm. uh, who made the game what it is, so, so mm. we can have the lives that we have. Mm. People don't understand, they had summer jobs. Mm. They sometimes worked during the season. After practice, they had to go to work. Mm. It, mm. It, it was totally different yeah. than the game that we play now and how we have it. Yeah. And I get an opportunity to see these men mm. um, don a yellow jacket and yeah. call myself a Hall of Famer. I have a number, mm. just like they have a number. Mm. And I get to call them teammates. I get to call them friends. I get to socialize. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. like, I get to sit down next to Tony Dorsett yeah. and, 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 and just... It must be. Awesome. How you doing? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's you know yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. I I grew up yeah, with Barry Sanders and Emmett yeah. Smith, Eric Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. grew up idolizing these guys. Now you're on the same team. And, as and now now, um, they talk. We they talk to me. Like we're friends, you know, and, and, and yeah. that's that's the that's the reality of being a part. They embrace me. They mm. you know they take you under their wing. They yeah. tell you, "Hey, young fella, you gotta take care of yourself when you get old." Right. You know, right. like, they, they advise you of things, and yeah. it's you know I have five older brothers. Mm. It's but it's so different. Yeah. Um, the advice and 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 being a part of that. And and having the opportunity to just yeah. to just to just rub elbows with those guys, That's man. Wonderful, I sit around and listen to the stories. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and uh, we have that week, that Hall of Fame week. Um, it, it's unbelievable when we welcome the new guys in, but to yeah. hear the older guys talk. And I actually, um, just this past, actually last year, yeah. July was my first time getting to speak at the Nishki luncheon. Hmm. I got to speak. Hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. they. Willie Denier was like, hey, Marshall, you know, tell us about your experience. I'm like, oh, my God. Really? I get to tell the group <laughs> about my experience. Oh, that's so, so cool. So, you know, it's just fascinating. Mm. And um, now for me, uh, you know, I was part of the new wave yeah. that came in in 2011, in, uh, 2011. And now a bunch of the guys that's coming in are guys that I played against. Yes. Brian Urlacher. Yeah. You know, Derek Brooks came in yep. last year. I'm like, yeah. it, it, it's so cool now. Uh, not only is it guys that I looked up to, but it, yeah. now it's guys that I competed against. against. How wonderful uh, it, is that? It's, it's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm having Terrell Owens on my show in a few weeks, and I'm going to play him this clip so that he can see this. It's so good for me, just so you know, because obviously my generation, you're a hero of mine, just to see how grateful you are. I don't think all people give themselves the gift of gratitude. Like, you're grateful for all this. Oh, without I asked doubt. you what it's like to be like. You could have given me a million answers. Your answer was gratitude. You know, and that's just it wonderful. It is, man. That's so wonderful. It's, it's, how, it's, it's, it's the reason we have the game that we have. Awesome. I love your passion. I like, I'm so, so grateful that you're doing this. Um, man, that just struck me because I didn't know that would be what you would answer. So that's just so powerful. I want to I segue a little bit into your work as, because of a Hall of Famer. You're real passionate about these former players. Like, oh. not only the ones that are on your team now in the Hall of Fame, but also you're doing some work now that you're passionate about both for inner cities when it comes to the financial services yeah. business a little bit. And then also you're partnered with a couple of my colleagues with Hannah and Bobby at our firm. And also you're really working with former players and I know you got a passion for inner city stuff. So talk a little bit, how'd you step into this, into the financial sector, so to speak? You know, I've, I've always, um, I, Actually, I I'll, I go back to my yeah. college days. I was uh, interning uh, in the, in the, uh, the public relations 
oh, office really? for the San Diego Padres. Huh. And at the time, the San Diego Padres and the San Diego Chargers shared a stadium together. Okay. And uh, I got to meet Junior Seau. Okay. And Junior said to me, you know, whatever you do, you're going to be a great player. Just remember, this community, give back. Hmm. And I was like, okay, whatever. Right. And then I watched what he did with his foundation in San Diego and how, yeah. um, you know, he, he went back to Oceanside and, and not, just, not just Oceanside, but all of San Diego. Hmm. Um, his thing was, was uplifting people. Yeah. You know, uh, reaching that hand out, mm. uh, try to, trying to make sure uh, other people had an opportunity. Mm. And for me, you know, that became kind of my thing, mm. philanthropy. I wanted to, uh, my rookie year, I did a football camp, 1994. Uh, we did a football camp, we raised money, gave the money to the Boys and Girls Club, oh. started from there. Then I started doing golf tournaments, then we traveled to the Super Bowl mm. to, to do golf tournaments and uh, provide experiences. And, and uh, my foundation started to grow. and. Mm. Um, I wanted to give back and, awesome. and, and have inner city kids like myself who was not exposed to much yeah. just just so they can see there's more to life than what's on the street corner Wonderful. than drugs, gangs, mm. uh, affiliations with, with bad things. Um, you know, there, there's other things out there. Mm. And we figured out if you expose them, if you show them college, they're going to want college. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know, if, if, if you show them if you show them this beach, they're right. going to try to get to this beach. Yeah, they're going to try right. to get back to it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and those are things that Sometimes as adults, we don't understand. Yeah. Kids, um, they, they sometimes need to be shown the dream you're right. so they can dream, so they then have a blueprint to follow. That's so true. I mean, if you're living in a nightmare all the time, you're not about dreaming about <laughs> things all the time, <laughs> That's right? It. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You know, you, you, it. It's nightmares. It's not dreams. Yeah. You, you, you're, your dream is you got shot. Your dream is yeah. your house got robbed. Your yep. dream is you you're got survive. kidnapped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a big leap between survival and actually chasing a dream, and so... I think it's wonderful. What about the former players? Like, you know, I, you know, I've had a lot of guys on us. Something I noticed too, just from a career standpoint or a life standpoint. I know you're passionate about even former players too. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with those guys, and how are you helping them? Well, we, um, I, I do as much as possible mm. with any type of fundraising that goes on yeah. for for former players. Any any way that that we can help. Mm. And th my newest partnership. Um, mm. Uh, obviously, you know, with, with WFG and, yep. and what they do, but Maturity Financial Partners, yep. um, we've kind of signed on the deal with the NFL alumni yeah. to kind of bring them the services that that we offer to mm -hmm. give them an opportunity to see what, and it's crazy, but mm -hmm. what what having financial freedom is all about and yep. having a financial education and yep. understanding um all the things that are out there for you, yep. all the different tax laws, all the different right. loopholes yep. that if you don't have enough money and you can't go to Goldman Sachs right. <laughs> and stuff right. like that, yep. you're not going to understand. Yep. Well, we've provided um, uh, techniques yep. and tools for them to use, and it doesn't matter what your level of wealth is, what right. your level of income is. Yep. Um, if you want to leave a legacy for your family, for your kids, mm. um, we can help you create that. It yeah. doesn't matter how much you make. Yes. You know, it's about it's about how much you put away and how smart you are right. with what you make. That's so true. I'm amazed at you. Like, I don't know if I met an athlete who's able to speak on so many different things in such a <laughs> No, really. I mean seriously, when it comes to we're talking about golf before the interview, football, business, life and I'm really excited that we're partnering with you on this stuff too. I think it's wonderful and I love your heart, brother. Like I I love people who pay it forward because you've had a blessed life. You've worked oh, really hard for it. 
but it's this gratitude that you have. It's such an important emotion that we all have. I love what you've talked about being a separator. I want to be curious because there's a lot of young people that watch my stuff. They look mm -hmm. up to you, obviously, and we've got a few minutes left. But I would mess up if I didn't give you a chance to like address young people because you're talking about inner city kids as well. So let's say one of these kids, no matter who's watching this, they got out of that nightmare and they got a dream. It's to play in the NFL. It's to be an astronaut. It's to be a successful businesswoman, whatever it is. What advice would you give a young person who wants to chase their dream? What, what counsel would you give them about well, it? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's chasing a dream is easy. It's your dream. Um, mm. the, the stupid thing is to not chase it because you own it. Mm. But I just encourage them to, um, to always look back, try to help others, and try to help others get ahead. Mm. Um, be careful of the people who want to take advantage of you. Mm. And uh, only, only do the things that you're passionate about. Don't do them because they're popular. Man, that is the thing I got from you when we were off camera and we are on is I think sometimes I discount people that are great at something that they're passionate for it. Like, you love football. I love it. I actually think you love to compete. Oh, without a doubt. I think it's like, I think if we're playing golf, I mean, all of a sudden I saw your face change. We we're talking golf. I talk about golf like it's fun. You talk about golf like, hey, I'm not playing around with this. Hey, you and I, we're competing right now. Right. I just want to make sure that I'm better than you on your podcast. <laughs> you don't know that, but I just want you to know. Well, I wish you the best of luck on that. <laughs> no, I enjoyed today so much, my friend. Seriously, we went, we went, I want to go longer, but we went as long as I'm permitted to go because I want to be respectful of your time and everybody else's time here. This is how a Hall of Famer thinks, but more importantly, everybody, this is how a Hall of Fame person acts and conducts their life. They're grateful, they give back, they pay it forward, and they're humble about all of their successes. So from all the way back to you kicking the heck out of UOP, <laughs> In 1991, you to, got your revenge at the Super Bowl with the Patriots. There you go. There you go. There you go. On that team, but what I got was I got to make a dream come true of mine, which was meeting you today. Oh man! And spending some time, and I'm excited about our new partnership together. And um, I want to thank you so much for today. Thanks no, for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone out there. You know I bring these unbelievable people to you for free. Here's all I ask, right? It's free. Just give myself in the podcast a nice review on iTunes or a comment here on YouTube. Say some great things about us. And please continue to follow Marshall Falk and the progress he's having in his career. Max out, everybody. God bless you. The Ed Milet Show is brought to you by Kicking Some Ass.